Hello, this is Cultivating Classroom Management. Today I'm going to talk about purposeful use of praise in the classroom and positive self-talk. So, who doesn't like praise? Let's face it, when we go to work and we have a supervisor who gives us praise and compliments for doing our work well, we really feel better about going to work. We feel excited, we feel motivated, and it helps us to really want to do the work. Of course, we should really like our work and want to do our work and feel passionate about it, but human beings want to belong and we want to feel good about our work from the perspective of others. There's no difference between us and our kids. Praise is one of the most effective tools in the classroom as far as using external rewards. It helps build the relationship and it helps build positive culture. The question is how to use praise effectively. Sometimes I'll observe a class and I'll see a teacher using praise, but using it vaguely, saying things like good job or the opposite, where I see teachers forgetting to praise students who need it the most. I see teachers just moving through the content and not really using praise. So we want to strike a healthy balance and use praise to really think about which behaviors we want to reinforce and to also think about the positive culture in general in our classroom. How can we use praise to build positive culture and bring out the good feelings in students? And later on, I'll talk about getting students to do that for each other and to do that for themselves. But first, I want to think about of course, some of the things you've learned in graduate school, such as being very specific with praise, we want to basically name the behavior that the student is doing well. We want to also praise immediately for students who need more structure and support and encouragement. And we want to not overpraise. So we don't want to praise for something that isn't really well done or isn't the kind of uh, task we want the students to do. For example, if a student has a tendency not to sit at their desk and they get up too often, we don't want to just praise them for sitting down. We want to praise them for sitting down and being ready to work. Of course, we have to tell the students we want that. We can't assume that. But we definitely don't want to break it down too much. We want students to understand that we're in a classroom and we are doing some business here. So when we praise, we have to think about it very carefully. But we also want to be natural. And part of being natural is knowing how to read our students or our dynamics between students. So if we have a whole classroom full of students, we want to make sure that we 
think about praising everybody at some point. There are some students who are so defiant or uncooperative that we're going to have to start somewhere. So we want to start somewhere small. And when they do cooperate, make sure that we say something to them so that they'll continue that behavior. There are some students who work very well independently, and we're not going to obviously praise them for the simple things. We're going to hold out for moving them toward more internal or intrinsic rewards. So we have to know our students really well, and we have to think about our tier one, two, and three behavior plans and whether somebody really needs praise for putting their pencil down when you're talking or if a student does that automatically looking to build them up in some other way. So um, one of the things that some teachers like to do is praise all the students in the class when one student isn't doing something well and that's called scanning. And I believe this works very well. There are some theorists who don't agree with that, but I think it works very well because when other students see the contagion of getting that good feeling of praise, they want to do the same. We also want to make sure that we mix up the praise a little bit so we don't just have to verbally praise students. We can give them a little note at the end of the period. We can smile at them and say something warm. We can also praise the whole class just because the class is moving in the direction that we want the class to move in. And that's really important. So praise is one of, in my opinion, again, the most effective tool. It costs the least. It uh, brings about good feelings. And it also shows the students exactly what you want them to accomplish. And we want to get the students to start thinking about praising themselves and praising others in the classroom. So what I'd like to think about is how we can do that. And I'm thinking that I've seen this done and I've done it myself in restorative circles. We can structure an activity where all of the students get into the habit of praising another peer. And you can do it in a way where you have students call on each other or you can assign pairs to each other so that students learn to compliment one another. Students should really feel good about the accomplishments of others and not just themselves. So we can open up the day with a compliment circle or we can end the day where students compliment each other. And I think sometimes we wanna end the day with students complimenting themselves because we want students to start thinking about what they did well and what they get out of it as well. It's not just about what you did well for the teacher, but what did you get out of it? We want students to start verbalizing that and putting that into words. Because when we start having positive self-talk, it changes the way we feel, it changes our emotions, and it creates a positive culture in the classroom and climate in the classroom. 
So what about overly praising and why is overly praising not so good? I think a lot of students nowadays are really used to getting praise because of the culture that has shifted over the years. And when I went to school, you had to do something really extraordinary to get praise. You didn't get praise just for raising your hand and not calling out. Nowadays, praise is used so often that sometimes kids are immune to it. So you want to not overly praise or praise for something that's half done or praise just to be phony. It, it should feel natural and it should come natural. And it should be something that is part of the behavior plan, not just the behavior plan. And I've seen that. Praise can be a part of a behavior intervention plan, especially for a student who has more involved behaviors. And that could be just a part of the BIP or the behavior intervention plan. We can use other positive reinforcements in a behavior plan, such as giving tokens or giving stickers or preferred activities or chores or something like that. But praise, positive praise goes a long way. And it is um, it is a great way to build a relationship and build relationships within the classroom. So it's something to think about. Should you praise at the end of the period? I think that when students need more structure and support. For example, younger students or students with more severe disabilities, more, more praise uh, more often is important. As students get a little bit older or they accomplish the tasks more often or get um, do the behaviors you want them to do, you can start doing more intermittent praise and not taking away the praise, but not having to praise so often. So that's called intermittent praise. We want students to start feeling good about doing what they're doing, and we need to bring that up as sort of a conversation in the class, asking good questions. I've spoken about that before in different podcasts. How did you feel about handing in a paper that got an A? Did you feel good? Did you feel differently? from your last paper. How does that paragraph sound compared to the one you wrote last week? So things like that can move the students toward more positive self-talk. You can also do it through journaling. Write down a few things that you felt you did well this week. Those are for students who probably need less structure and support because they're able to hold those thoughts about themselves dear to themselves and 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 also start thinking about students bringing that positive self-talk in as a regular habit it's not going to be that natural to students we're probably always going to have to give them a checklist and you did this well, you did that well, you remembered to capitalize, you remembered to uh, indent your paragraphs. 
that can be part of the instructional plan that can also cross over into the behavioral plan what did you do well did you complete and accomplish the task that's academic but it also can affect their self-esteem and feeling good about their work and also you can do one for behavior if a student is in need of more behavior supports. You wouldn't want to do a checklist for a student who is naturally cooperative because they don't need that kind of support and to do so might be a little bit mm, condescending. Uh, we don't need to do that. They might just need more encouragement and maybe other resources. Oh, I like the way you wrote that article. Maybe you can write an article for the school newsletter. Maybe you can join the principal's uh, honor society. So something where students are more naturally cooperative and they already have the behaviors because they like and enjoy schoolwork, we want to move the praise toward a different direction. And we want to get those students, of course, to have positive self-talk, but they always need that adult encouragement and they always need to know that the teacher is the guide on the side or the paraprofessional is the guide on the side. And it's also important to let students know that you are proud of them and that you are giving them positive press to other adults. I think that worked very well for me as a teacher in the high school setting, in the elementary school setting, in the preschool setting. And it works when I work with graduate students as well. I told your advisor how well you're doing. I let the department chair know that you wrote a beautiful piece. Uh, same thing is true when you're at the elementary level. Oh, I told the principal how well you behaved. That was a big winner for me. And of course, at the elementary school level, we want to let the parents know how well the students are doing and let the dean know and whoever is a key player and a key stakeholder. In short, I think that praise and positive self-talk really affects positive culture in the classroom. When we frame things in the positive and we do not dwell on the negative, it increases the feeling that students are wanted, that they belong in the classroom, and that they are improving. And again, bringing it back down to ourselves, I think we would agree that when we're in the workplace and our bosses mention us, or we even get one of those paper certificates, employee of the year, or somebody announces something that we did well, it's a motivation to want to come to work. And of course, we always want that good feeling inside of ourselves, but the external rewards help to transfer those good feelings inside. And then we can build the positive self-talk. We can't build positive self-talk when the culture is negative. It just doesn't work. So, and you know, in a classroom where things are chaotic or in a workplace where a boss is not on our side, it's, positive self-talk is really difficult. It can happen, but it is a challenge. So I thank you very much. And I'd like you to think about maybe one student when you go back to work that you can work on with this praise using effective praise and 
moving another student who's a little farther along to positive self-talk and good habits and intermittent praise. Thank you again. This is Cultivating Classroom Management. And if you like my podcasts, please let somebody else know. Thank you.